In my hand, I hold one of the best kept secrets of the last, what, four months? I guess so. What secret is this? I'm going to tell, well, we may tell you, we may, well, no, I'll tell you what the secret is, but we we, we may not reveal the secret to you. We're going to discuss that. In here is the, is, is there something, <laughs> something so in here excited, he can't even talk. indicates the gender of our baby. And we may do the gender reveal with you here on the podcast. We may not. We don't know if we're going to decide to see what the gender is or not. We didn't figure out what the gender was until birth with our first three. Lawrence was the first one. We just found out at the ultrasound text building and it was kind of anticlimactic and kind of lame to be honest. And so we don't know what we want to do with this one. So we had him put it in an envelope and yeah, we're going to answer your questions and we'll see when it gets, when we get to the end. I want to say a couple things. I want to say a couple things before we jump into the introduction and then this episode. Folks, you have left so many ratings and reviews on iTunes, and that blesses Katie and I so much. I I am blown away that each week our episode is reaching the top 50 on iTunes in our category, and we're really grateful for that because it's crazy how the higher it ranks, like the more people see our podcast and then they listen. And so it's been such a blessing to see our podcast grow you know, meet new listeners in various ways, whether that's through email or direct messages. So thank you for leaving comments on YouTube, letting us know you're a new listener or sending us messages, letting us know you're a new listener. And thank you for leaving the ratings and reviews on iTunes. Okay, let's get this thing rolling. The Now That We're a Family Podcast. Okay, so we decided that we're going to, when when are we going to do this? I don't know, but not yet. Let's not answer yet. some questions. Okay, we'll answer a couple questions, and then we'll do the gender reveal. And actually, a lot of these questions are about the gender, so it may just kind of roll right into the Q&A. Okay? Okay, what's okay. the first question? First question is, what are your plans for feeding the family, or your family, after you give birth? Freezed meals, or frozen meals, or you know, easy cook food, etc.? Yeah, I'm glad you actually brought this up, because it's something I should probably consider. Hmm. Um, because I don't have a ton of great ideas right now. We usually do, I do usually a few meals, but I don't do a lot of meals because you kind of have to know your family. Elisha's the kind of guy, not to put you in a box, but we have had four children at this point. And if I prep meals, we aren't big casserole people. So there's only so many casseroles I can prep to have him just put in the oven. And then if I prep components of meals, he's more likely to just go get something like order Grubhub for lunch or something than to prep the meal. Well, right. That's what's happened historically. You would know. So, so it's really, I guess what Elisha wants when it comes to this baby, like, would you prefer to just eat out more or would you prefer I have meals prepped? I would say I've changed a lot since our last baby. It's been yeah, you know, over too. two years now since we had Lawrence. And I think I was far more prone to eating out two years ago. We both were. Yeah, yeah. We, we both were. So I think we both value healthy ingredients, healthy meals than ever before. So I think I'm in a position to go to put forth minimal effort to put the ingredients together um, of, a, of a meal. Yeah, we're really blessed. My mom usually comes and stays for a few days after 
uh, me giving birth. And so that's been a huge blessing. She makes incredible meals. And so I don't have to think about meals directly after the baby, which has been a big gift for Elisha and I. And then really, I only have probably about four days, three days of Elisha putting together meals before I'm able to put together meals. So yeah, I'll probably prep a few. We'll probably order a few meals out to subsidize those. And that's how we'll do it. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Yeah, it seems like a reasonable yeah, plan. Yeah, we don't do like a month worth of meals, freezer meals or something like that. We don't have a big freezer and I feel like we get kind of sick of the meals. What I do love doing though are those raw packed Ziploc meals. And so I'll probably do a freezer full of those right before we have a baby. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised, you know, when we had Lawrence, we had just moved here. So I don't, again, I actually know a, a couple people did bring us a meal, which was a huge blessing. Uh, but we do know a lot more people now here in Coeur d'Alene, so... You know, I don't want to yeah, be presumptuous, but we might we might be blessed with some more meals this time. Yeah, with meal trains. Um, yeah, I don't know. I go back and forth on even the meal train thing because sometimes it's a really big blessing and then sometimes I'm very socialed out. And so the meal train can kind of add a little bit more pressure because you feel like you're show and telling your baby all the time. Yeah, That was really hard for us with our first. We weren't quite prepared for all the guests that we would have. Oh, no. So I don't know what we would... I don't know what we'll do, you guys. We will let you know when we have the baby. Okay. Uh, what? Yeah, this is kind of going more postpartum again. What are your plans for help during the six to eight weeks postpartum? Well, I like how you said six to eight weeks. That sounds like a very nice long run yeah, away. That's a long time. <laughs> um, Elisha is my greatest support <laughs> when it comes to uh, birthing a baby. We don't have outside help. We, we don't live near family. So my mom comes again, right after the baby lets my body heal a bit, which is a big blessing. And then I feel like we like to get back to life pretty quickly after. So I'm thinking like, we'll have a week of, you know, me being home. Elisha just like taking care of covering all the bases. And then after that, all kind of kick into gear. I'm sure there will be days where I'm like, Oh, can you come home early? Or, you know, can you bail me out here? And, or can you bring home dinner? I didn't get to this today. That definitely happens where we're kind of hobbling along for a couple weeks. It's not like, Oh yeah, pow, everything's back to normal. Um, but yeah, we aren't going to have help after the baby that I know of, unless we have a date night or something like that. And then we'll have a babysitter come and we'll go on a date night. I feel like we've gone on our first date night around like one week or two weeks postpartum usually. Cause we just want to like get out and remember that we're married and not just parents. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Cause I think in times past you've gotten antsy far more, far quicker than I have when it comes yes. to me be, cause I've gotten time off of work when I had more traditional jobs before. And it always felt like I put, I had too much time off work. We're like five or six days of me being around and you're like, okay, I think like you want to get the home back to how you had it. And I think you're ready for me to be out. And like in something else that you said, it's a huge blessing having your mom for those first two to three days. Mm -hmm. Like with, mm -hmm. right, right then it's crazy. Obviously you can't really get out of bed. And so having the help right then is crucial. And then we'll see, you know, this is, we obviously it's more kids each time. And so this is going to be the first time having a newborn with four children. 
with a six-year-old of four. So we'll see how eager you are to get me out of the house. <laughs> yeah, I do really appreciate his help. But I also feel like sometimes the wear and tear of, you know, maybe everyone crying a little bit more, being more fussy or the house being more dirty. It can be harder if Elisha and I are just experiencing that together because no one's really refreshed at the end of the day. I kind of like to handle that myself let the house be dirty, let me be a little bit more in Kemp's, try to pull it together at the end of the day a little bit before Elisha comes home. And then he comes in like this fresh breath of air and takes over everything and gets through the evening or the late afternoon and evening. So I prefer that instead of us both being like fried mm. from being around all the chaos because it's a little more chaotic in a postpartum season. Um, and I feel like I would rather keep the house clean and our living spaces dialed in and meals done like when Elisha's there. You know, the kids and I can have like yogurt and granola if he's not there. Or, you know, stuff's just a little more relaxed. Um, not because there's no extra help, but there's also no... That's just that's just what I prefer. Yeah, we, we felt that a lot more, that paralleled frustration and frazzleness when we were both working from home and that there weren't very many... I guess, like parameters as to who was doing what in the business and when working hours were and who was getting which meal. And it's crazy. You know, we lived a couple of years like that and it was not, not helpful to our life. Now we've got a very definitive, like, okay, I'm at work at this time and then I'm in family mode when I'm at home. And yes, yeah, really and nice. we both really appreciate restful environments. So it's like, if I can't keep the house restful all day, that wears on me. But at least we can like work together to get it restful in the evening. And that's what Elisha sees and knows and helps me with. <laughs> it just, that's what works for us. Us both sitting in a pile of like spit up and diapers is not conducive to a better home life necessarily. Yeah. For either of us. For either of us. Yeah. yeah we just both end up worn out. Okay. Next question. Does this pregnancy resemble more like your boy pregnancies or your girl pregnancies? Okay. I have to go on record saying, <clears throat> I don't even, like, I literally think we don't need to open up this envelope. We're having a boy. Whoa. I'm serious. It's a boy. Okay. Okay. So my, I get so hairy. Like I have blonde hair, but I just had to uh, shave my face the other day because we went skiing and like it was freezing and the wind was blowing and all that. And I had like, like you saw all those hairs around my face. I was like, I had a little ice beard. Mm -hmm. no, I mean, I'm not agreeing with the ice beard. <laughs> it was, I mean, it's, it's feminine. Okay. It's like these little like peachy hairs. No, it, I'm like a peach. I'm like a giant peach. Okay. It's it not like a I'm whiskers. Frozen beard. Yeah. Yes. It was, it was as feminine as a frozen beard can get. And I like, I could pull my hair and like, all over. I'm just a peach, you guys. And that has happened with all of my boy pregnancies, but more so this one than any of my other boy pregnancies. Wow. So should we open it now? No, I don't think we should open it. Wow. Okay. Katie. Do, so like not at all? I think we should burn it. <laughs> burn it? <laughs> I think we should burn it. And then we don't know what the gender is. Wow. Is that right? Do you have a lighter? <laughs> Look, of course. It's part of my everyday carry got flint and steel too on my knife. You want to try burning it with that? <laughs> wow. Here, we'll do this. No, no, no. What are you start, doing? I'm going to start it on the corner here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just, there's no way this is a girl. Also. You're going to, you're going to 
with my Dave, you're not gonna let me do this. Yes, I am. No. Okay. With my daughter. Don't don't let it on the don't let it on the chair. Right. With Lucille. Wow, this is burning fast, Katie Babe. This is your last chance. I don't I know what it is. Well, why don't you just get it confirmed then? <laughs> Do officially. you want to know? I mean, I really thought that you were going to cave <laughs> and that you weren't going to be able to resist. I do want to know. <laughs> oh my goodness. I want to know. Oh man. Okay. Are you going to just say the gender right now? Should we? Yeah. yeah what is it? I'm going to tell you. Okay. I just figured you were going to cave before I was. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I probably let that burn, burn a little too long. Oh my word. What is it? It's a boy. It's a boy. <laughs> <laughs> I was so right. There was no way this was a girl. Wow. A boy. That's exciting. I'm really pumped. <laughs> oh, I kind of had butterflies there. Oh my. You guys just having it confirmed though. It's like kind of hard because that is going to be so much testosterone in the house. Like having it in my brain that we're going to have another boy makes me emotional. Really? Yeah. Overwhelmed? I love our boys so much. They are so great. But whenever you have a lot of one gender, like I grew up with seven sisters, there's just a lot of female energy. Like there's a lot of estrogen. And I feel like I have the reverse happening in my family. We got this, Katie. With you and I, yeah. where it's like, there are like guns and knives and fights and wrestling. And it's just, they're the sweetest boys ever, but they're so much energy. And we're going to have four boys and one daughter. I think that's really good. I'm really, I am... That is, it's going to be a very boy heavy family going because that was going to be a very definitive turning point shift, either two girls and three boys, four, four boys and one girl. That's, that's a huge difference. Oh my word. And also like, I've been telling Lucy it's a boy because I've been so confident, but like, I think she's just, she just wants a baby sister so bad. It helped that I didn't think it was a baby sister. So yes. I've been prepping her. Yeah, I am thrilled. You're thrilled, thrilled. too. We're going to do this. We're, I am like, thrilled, like, I but I'm like, it's just, it confirms what I was like preparing for, which is good, like, good. Yeah. well, okay. I'll be honest though. The last couple of weeks, Lucy and I have been getting so close. She just turned five and we're buds and we do everything together. And I do think that there's an element of me that felt like if we had a little girl, we'd be losing. It's not true, you know, but your brain kind of tells you, oh, we'd be losing that special dynamic of just her and I. And so that is something where I feel like her and I are just going to be really close growing up. And that makes me happy because Lucy is so sweet and we're just going to be good friends. I still want more children. You know, I'm, I'm stoked about this baby and I know we're not talking about their pregnancy yet because we're in the middle of one right now. <laughs> so <laughs> but, next pregnancy. I, I would love, I, I guess it's, I'm not stressed out about having boys close together in age. Cause I think the, the, I, I was actually, you know, I, I, I guess I wasn't very close to any of my brothers, but I had four brothers that were really close in age. They were four boys that were 18 months. They were each 18 months apart. And I never sensed this real competitive, uh, aggressive spirit towards 
them towards one another. They didn't have that, Mm -hmm. especially when it came even to girls. Like one would like a girl and nobody else would like her. Well, they're different personalities. Like they're going to, yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's more common in girl heavy families for them, for there being two or three girls that like the same guy and then that causing strife. It's more like certain girls get the attention from all the guys. Oh, wow. (laughs) No, I'm serious because they're like, maybe they're the outgoing type Mm -hmm. or like naturally more gregarious and put themselves out there. And so they just kind of like, guys, like if you have a bunch of pretty girls and one girl's like that, that makes herself really easy to get to know. She doesn't have to be flirtatious or annoying. They're just like, oh, well, like her, you know, she seems great. Yeah. And like a quieter sister that's harder to get to know that you have to pull out and withdraw or draw out more is just going to be kind of more overshadowed by that. That makes sense. Yeah. That's what I think. I, well, I think I agree. I think I had a lot of experience. And what I'm saying is <laughs> I think based off of my, you know, man's wisdom, I, I think that there's more potential for there being si- sibling conflict and rivalry with girls more than... I think the rivalry and the conflict with boys is much more superficial and it's not like deep rooted and it's not a heart issue. And so they can duke it out and be best buds again. Whereas I think there's more potential for there to be long lasting hurt or with competitive sisters. Taken yeah. Or, yeah, for sure. I mean, sure. that's just a hundred percent my, you know, man's wisdom. And of course, no, you know, like in a godly Christian home, there can be really fruitful relationships depending on, regardless of the gender. Again, I feel like I've, part of me has been like really stoked. I kind of like extremes. And so the fact that like, we're going to have this like boy posse is super cool to me, you know, instead of just like, just like, (laughs) but instead (laughs) of a family where it's just like all mixed, it's like being the boy family where there's just like all these guys that come in. Like I liked being the girl family. Like we had three brothers, but when we went somewhere, the girls were the ones that made the statement because there were a bunch of us. And I feel like that's kind of going to be the boys, you know, they're going to be the, the, yeah, the Pottery brothers. Pottery brothers. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just can't believe it as much as that's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. Congratulations. I'm stoked. Me too. What a gift. I'll tell you what. (laughs) Fun. Isn't it crazy how, I don't know, it is such a miracle life in the way God has ordained it for like it to be sustained and perpetuated through the, through the family, you know, that life continues. It's such a gift. I mean, I like that the Votberg name's going to spread. (laughs) We're going to have all these. Something that does make me a little nervous is all the daughter-in-laws I'm going to have. So I was telling Elisha about that. It's like when you grow up with your daughters, you like, you grow up learning them, you know? But when these girls come in, they're fully grown, they're fully raised. You don't know what they're... Um, sensitivities are or their insecurities are or, or all the things that come with womanhood and you want to be sensitive to all that but you're learning them as an adult instead yes. of growing up with all those things whereas boys I think if you marry off your daughter it's a lot easier for a mom to be like oh he's so great he's great I don't have to know him that well to feel like oh he's just great I don't know yeah I know I, I agree I, I, I think, think it's, it's a harder transition yeah, that is interesting because I feel like the stereotype. Uh, yeah, mother-in-law. Mother-in-law is, an issue is, is the husband. Yes, is the husband saying he's got issue with the mother-in-law, which I've never related with that because your mom's awesome, she's great. And then, um, but then I do think that for the mother, 
have getting to know her daughter-in-law would be a more consistent challenge. Yeah. It seems like. That's what I think too. Yeah. And um, dear mom's a great example to me because she's really embraced me and gotten to know me and I really appreciate that. And then my grandma, I feel like has done a great job making my mom and all her daughters-in-law feel like her daughters. And so I want to be that kind of mother-in-law. I just think it's going to be stretching for me because mm. I'm just like that classic huge fan of my boys. <laughs> and I want to be huge fans of their wives because that's the best way to be yeah. uh, big fans of them is to love who they choose as spouses. Wow. Okay. So should we go back to the Q&A after that? Oh man. Yes. Okay. Wow. It's going to change things. Or are you still good here? <laughs> I'm still good. Okay. Uh, we've got a bunch of questions. Actually, I'm going to save that one. I'll do this next one. Do the you boys get... are going to be so stoked when we go home and tell them. Yeah, I- I'm stoked. Every... Lucy's going to be stoked too. Oh she gets to... I am. I hope you guys don't think, our listeners, I hope you guys don't think I'm disappointed. I'm not. I'm just more like shock and awe. Okay. It's not disappointment because Lucy, I tell Elisha this all the time. Like she is the perfect little girl. Like if you could get a daughter right out of the gate. That's just like spunky and fun and sweet and great sense of humor and yeah. girly and tomboy. Like mm. it's Lucy. Yes. We got the perfect daughter right off the bat. So yeah, she's great. She's the only one we get. I'm good with that. Get a discount when you sign up for what? The Growth Initiative and the Get It All Done Club. The Get It All Done Club is a home management program. Link down below. You could see a free masterclass about everything I teach on creating a peacefully productive home. And the Growth Initiative is about becoming the man that you feel God has called you to be, but you don't have the systems and the support to become it. So if you're looking to grow together this year as a couple, even if it's in two different veins, we encourage you to check out the link below. You'll find a discount to the couple's package. And if you want to learn more about either of these programs, you can watch a free free webinar, a free one, a free webinar for either one of the courses. Okay. Do you get junk food cravings? What do you typically eat during pregnancy? <laughs> That's a good question. So it's kind of funny. Yes and no. With this one, my first trimester, I didn't eat any sugar at all because it made me feel sick. Hmm. So it just was like not a craving. That hasn't been the case with all my pregnancies, but it was with this one. And then I don't feel like I have junk food cravings with this pregnancy either. Like, would you say that? It doesn't like, seem like it at all. Like if you do, you've been extremely self-controlled. Nauseous. There have been a couple times we've had ice cream and I'm like, wow, this is so good. But then I feel like immediately sick afterwards. And I'm just like, so it's, it's not appealing. Like it's the first time in my life I've had ice cream bars in the fridge for three months and have not touched them at all. Yeah. It's just not, it's not that appealing. Yes. Um, so that said, my cravings though are like limes, full limes. I slice those up, eat them. I know it's bad for my teeth, but they taste so good. Or apple cider vinegar, like the kind in your fridge. What is that kind Braggs. of? Bragg's. I just take swigs of that multiple times a day. It just, I love the way that tastes and burns mm-hmm. down my belly. So I don't That's know. pretty good. I mean, I feel like those are pretty... Those are my main pretty things. Pretty good cravings. Like, I feel like I have... Yeah, I just eat normal. I don't have any food aversions, but the cravings that I have are not sugar-related with this pregnancy. Not even, like, really grease-related with this pregnancy. Whereas, like, corn dogs have been a craving with Lauren's. 
you know, that kind of like greasy, fatty food or the sugary food. Yeah. Taco Bell was the first couple pregnancies. Oh yeah. Taco Bell bean burritos were all I could eat pregnant. And I will say, or first trimester with all my other kids, and I switched to Chipotle bean burritos with the third and sure, fourth. Sure, a little better. And now we aren't anywhere close to a Chipotle. Um, and I would make homemade tortilla and cheeses. I feel like those were like my... Nice. Go-to for kind of like a bland food, you know, when you don't like the smells, you don't like the taste. Yes. Yeah, you are far more sensitive to smells, smells when you're pregnant, that's for sure. Smells actually, okay, not that you guys... I feel like it like a... geriatric what do you go like an old person that just like wants to talk about their like aches and pains (laughs) but uh with smells those I was super sensitive to those first trimester expected that the last two weeks it's come back so strong where I get nauseous smelling my kids breath Mm. and like they, they, they're just like little kids, you know, but it's like anyone breathing close to me has just been like really hard or like gum, even like gum breath. Wow. That's made me nauseous. Our deodorant that we're using, that makes me nauseous. I just don't like fragrances right now. I yeah. don't like smells. And yet you are always so willing to kiss me. I tell you what. I like to kiss you. True. Just hold my breath. True love. <laughs> okay, like just good smelling breath. I just. Okay. We've gotten weird. a couple questions about this. Okay. How has your pelvic floor held up through all the pregnancies? Do you have management or health tips? Joking about this. Everyone wants to know about the pelvic floor. Like, how's your pelvic floor holding up, Palacia? Mine's been good through all of the pregnancies. (laughs) I just feel like that would be such a funny question to ask a guy about anything like that. But anyways, it is something that we talk about in pregnancy and childbirth and all that. And obviously it really affects us. Um, I've been very grateful with my pelvic floor and lack of issues there. I do think some of that's probably genetic um, because I don't really feel like I have a ton. I've never done like pelvic floor therapy or um, something like that. That's not something I'm not open to doing if it becomes an issue. You know, obviously there's been a lot going on with the babies and stuff down there. So it's had a fair amount of trauma, but just holds up great. Good. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know what to say. Like, as far as like, like I can jump on a trampoline, I can run, I can jump, do like jump squats. I can do anything without feeling it or without um, having any issues there. So I'm very grateful for that. And hopefully that continues. Nice. There's, I'm going to ask this next question. There's a couple versions of this. So do you have mood swings because of hormone more, uh, hormonal imbalance. And then do you, and then another question is, do the vitamins you take help with hormone and mood swings in their trimester struggles? Yeah. So maybe we should ask Elisha this question. (laughs) (laughs) How would you say my hormones are with this baby? You know, what's funny is I think great. It's hard to know because I think we mentioned this last week. So I I don't think I'm, you know, revealing any, like thing that we haven't shared publicly yet, but we, we were both kind of down last month and we attributed it to the, the winter and the gloom gloominess of winter. And so it's hard to know if, if the pregnancy was also playing a factor for you. Uh, all I know is that we were both kind of down. So I can't say that that was a pregnancy thing, but it seems like your spirits have been great. Your attitude's been really great. You've, you've put forth effort to stay active and to stay outside um, I think that's really helped this pregnancy. Is yeah, that that's been really helped. 
active. When I have gone through seasons of not going outside, Elisha knows I get, I've gotten some slumps of being down. I would say it's been hard to know too because of the weather, Mm -hmm. because characteristically January and February are kind of hard months when you're in the North, there's very little sunlight and a lot of gray. And yeah, so if I'm not getting outside on a consistent basis, then that affects my mood. I would say like, I've definitely had some, I mean, just like anything else, like anger, impatience, short, shortness. I have to work on that, not snapping at the kids, not snapping at Elisha. I hate when I do that. And I go through seasons of that where obviously that's a sin issue. Um, but I do think it's easier sometimes than others. And I feel like during certain times of the month, the rest of the year, and then during certain times of pregnancy, I do go through seasons of that coming easier than other times. Um, but I would say overall, I've, I feel like my hormones are very balanced. The supplements I do take help balance your hormones. I don't know of life without them since I was 19, so I'm not sure how I would be um, with or without them. Um, yeah, but I do accredit a lot of just not dealing with anxiety or depression or anything really big to the supplements because obviously my body is would be pretty nutrient deficient at this point if I wasn't supplementing at a high level. Hmm. Good. Do you have any more over there? Yeah, there's a bunch. I mean, there's a bunch that you've Let's kind of just already rapid answered. fire them. Okay, cool. Tips on not. Well, let's see. Home birth or hospital? We're going to pray for a home birth. (laughs) Hope for a home birth. This would be our fifth home birth. Um, But you never know. You know, Lawrence was breech. We were able to flip him around manually. Um, But if not, I would have gone into the hospital for a C-section. So you just never know what's going to happen in pregnancy. And we would like to be delivered to the hospital quickly if that's what I need. Yeah, what? That's great. Same, I'm on the same page with you. Sorry, I feel like I'm distracted because I'm looking oh, at these no, questions. Oh, no, you could just ask the questions. Love it, yeah, because there was that answered a few, a few questions too about our birth plan and stuff. Um, how are you making sure you eat enough but not too much? Well, I don't know if I'm the best person to answer this question. I just eat when I'm hungry, and I do tend to eat a lot. I have always tended to eat a lot, and um, I guess we'll see at the end if that was a wise decision or not. (laughs) As far as like weight gain and stuff like that goes, I will say with every pregnancy, I have weighed more and that's just kind of been typical. And so I don't, I don't know what to expect. I had my, I got pregnant with my first at 21. And so I, and then my second was 22 and then my third was 20 three and had him at 24. And so I was really young for my first three pregnancies. And this one is my closest one that I'll have to 30. So I think my t- metabolism slowing down a little bit and I have to adjust accordingly. Nice. Are you nervous or have any fear about labor and delivery and how do you overcome that? So I actually love labor. The Lord's given me four positive labor experiences at this point. I think I'm just so, so grateful because as much as we study and we plan and we hope for things, we can't guarantee a labor outcome that is not going to be traumatic or scarring or 
really painful or anything like that. So I don't have any fear going into childbirth. I have loved birthing my children at the end of the day. I feel like every time I enjoy it more because I know what to expect. I know the way my body works. I know how things feel. And because I've had positive experiences, I'm, I'm assuming a positive outcome going into it. Hmm. And so that takes away a lot of the fear. I was really scared my first couple. I think something that helps too is maybe right now I'd be nervous to go into labor knowing how painful it's going to be. But then when you're fully baked and you're just like walrusing around like a stuffed pigeon, <laughs> you want that baby out so bad. You're like, cut me open with an ax and get this thing out so I can start healing. I really think the Lord makes the end of pregnancy so miserable that we're like, bring on the labor. <laughs> like I will take it, get this baby out. That's how I feel always at the end. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. How far apart will this one be from your youngest? This is a big gap. Math is not my strong suit. Well, I should do, you know? Oh boy. Okay. So Lawrence, uh, not, not quite two and a half years because Lawrence turned, when did Lawrence turn to? Yeah. February. February. So July. So yeah, almost. Two and a half years. Actually, it's going to be exactly two and a half years, I think, because Lawrence's birthday. Yeah. It's going to be two and a half. Wow. So that's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Just, it's a. Two it's and a half years. Big gap for us, but <laughs> Lord knows. Okay. And then, um, any advice for first-time parents and anything from you know from pregnancy to birth to postpartum? Uh, really communicate with your husband on it, and I would say know that he's going through changes too, and there's going to be shifts in the home. There's going to be shifts in your priorities. It's a shift for everybody, and so really be sensitive to that. I think a lot of there's so much out there around how to be supportive to the mom and the hospital or whoever your caregiver is, is supportive of the mom. And then postpartum, you're supportive of the mom. There's all this stuff on postpartum depression and anxiety. And obviously, yeah, you're going through the physical changes, but when you're one with someone, like if Elisha's going through a time where he's really sick or he's really um, struggling mentally or he's going through a hard time at work, I feel all that pressure too. And so I think that really happens in childbirth and all the shifts around the home. Like our husbands feel that. And so just having that perspective of we're going to be supporting each other through this. He's supporting me, but I still want to be in tune to how can I support him um, even if it's just talking through something, then I don't know. I think that's something that's kind of missed in the whole like birthing and motherhood culture. What would you say? Yeah, I mean, I'm you've really, been through this a lot. I'm really grateful that your both both my dad and your dad really encouraged me to be as proactive in conversations around um, especially the labor and postpartum so that we are on the same page. So I'm really grateful that I was present at all of your labors and that I was relatively prepared. We, I mean, we went through the whole Bradley book together and I think that was really helpful for me. Yeah, um, Natural Childbirth, The Bradley Way. That was really helpful. We read through that together. It's the only book we've ever read through together. And I know everybody has a different opinion on whether they... It's, it's a personal preference, I guess, on how much you want your spouse involved. But I feel like I knew that you, and this is something that I'm grateful we had the conversation. It's a reason I'm grateful we had this conversation is because I wasn't planning on being a uh, like active coach during 
the pregnancy. And I think I didn't realize you wanted that. And because you informed me of that beforehand, I took it a lot more seriously. And I paid attention when, when, when I was reading the book and kind of going through, um, those steps. And then when the pregnancy came, it was so fun to know what was happening and to be willing to do and be a part of the things you want me to be a part of. Um, and I, and I think I was, I think I was present in the oh, way that you yeah. wanted me to be, but that was not what I was naturally going to do. There's no way I would have done those, done, done that. Um, had I not known ahead of time, that's what you wanted from me. And then same with the postpartum, I think being aware of the emotional, uh, taxation that can be on the, on the wife. I think that I was really confused. I thought I, I was aware of the physical things that needed to, to happen, but I don't think I was prepared in hindsight for the emotional and hormone. Mo, oh my goodness. That it's word. been a long day. <laughs> Those, the just hormonal <laughs> challenges you were going to have. And, and I think I was far more prepared the second and third and fourth time with that. Um, yeah. To not be like, Oh, this is my wife. My wife, pre-baby, did not cry all the time. Now that she's a mom, she does cry all the time. And this yep. is the next 30 years. And yes, you like experience, you can't get the experience until you've lived through it and you feel like everything's going to be forever your first few weeks. Yeah, And then you work your way out of it. And I think that's why it's easier to have multiple children than that's why the first is so challenging. It's not actually because the first is so challenging. It's because you're doing it all for the first time and it's all very uncharted territory for both of you. And Elisha was a huge, huge help from the very beginning. So my expectations going into pregnancy, my dad delivered my mom's last five kids or yeah, five, five babies at home. And so I, thought that every dad just wanted to be super hands-on and involved, even if there was a midwife present. And so that was my expectation. And then Elisha and I were going to my midwife appointments with my first, and he would just like glaze over and be like, I'm not even here. Yeah. <laughs> and so that really shifted when I shared my expectations and my heart on pregnancy. And I, I'm like, I want you to know what's going on in my body. And so then you can you know, be proud of me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, your dad didn't, it's not like he delivered the babies, meaning like he just caught the babies. It's like, he there was, was the there healthcare was professional. Yeah. There was no midwife. There was no other. Yeah, exactly. Healthcare professional that it was just him. And yeah, he was a firefighter paramedic. He had been to labors. So it wasn't like completely irresponsible. Yeah. Irresponsible. <laughs> but I mean, maybe, maybe a little crazy, but that's, that's my parents. They that is the same your, page yeah. with that. Um, well, how, this is a fun question. How do you manage motherhood and your career? <laughs> That's a good question. So I think that <clears throat> a lot of people misunderstand my how much I work because we have really good systems that puts my face in front of you all week long, but I'm not actually working all week long. And so it can kind of be this weird dichotomy where you're seeing me all the time on social media, on YouTube, and really I'm home six days a week and I'm two days a week in the studio putting out anything like uh, I'm two hours, <laughs> two hours a week in the studio, which is right now where we film all our content for the week. So I don't really consider it as balancing a career in motherhood. I would have maybe a couple years ago. I definitely would have a couple years ago. Um, but we knew that that was an ideal for our family. I think it's very hard to balance both, even if you're doing it 
um, like time management, time management wise, mentally, it's very difficult for someone who's very creative and who's constantly having ideas and working on problems in their brain to be present with children and be focused on their needs and also be present with the business. And so that's what I was finding was even though technically I had a good schedule of when I worked and when I didn't work, my brain was always in work mode. And Elisha and I both knew that as our children got older and were were more emotionally demanding, I wanted to be more mentally present for them. When they're, you know, one and two and three years old, they don't really care. They're happier there physically for them. But I mean, now we have a six-year-old, we have a five-year-old, they know if if I am invested in what they're doing or if I'm thinking about a post or a caption or a topic or anything like that. So I'm really, really happy with where we're at right now. I feel like being able to record on YouTube and the podcast and share with you guys what we're learning, what I'm processing through, I do love sharing. And so it's a fun outlet for me. And, um, I usually, we usually talk about topics the day of, or the day before, uh, for, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes. And then we come in here and we do what we do. And then I'm done after two hours, like the burdens off of me. I don't do anything post-production wise. I don't post anything anywhere. I don't reply to comments or set up interviews or any of all the stuff that used to take all my time. So, um, I don't have a career. (laughs) I would say the only reason I'm even here right now is because Elisha said he still wants me on the podcast. Oh, and we need you on the podcast. (laughs) So no, I don't think that's true, but I like being a part of what Elisha is doing. That's always been a fun thing for for me and for us. And so as long as he wants me to be a part of what he's doing, I'll be here. Um, but that's really how I see it. I'm, I'm supporting you and what you're doing. I'm not trying to build my own career at this point. Yeah. It's tough because everything we're doing now are things that we started together. It's just like we were, um, yeah, doing the hustle together and it's really, it was, there was a challenging season there when you really stepped away from the businesses where I felt very lonely, we've talked about this and I think we're in a great spot where you are. So, um, I get to talk to you. I get to run ideas by you. It still feels like our thing, mm-hmm. like how, which is what we wanted when we started it, but it's less time consuming for you. It's less time. There's no, there's not as much of a t- demand on your time or my mental energy. Cause like, I don't think about now that we're a family, at all, unless Elisha brings up something like we were just on a road trip and we talked a ton about different ideas, stuff like that. Sometimes in the evenings we'll brainstorm ideas, but there's none of the pressure on me to execute ideas anymore or to make them happen. And so I just get to like brainstorm and dream with Elisha, which is the fun part for me and the fun part that we get to do together. Yeah. Yeah. So I do think it's really challenging though, when you're trying to do both, I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, especially when children are really small, I think it's a great time to put into both. Um, but I think, you know, as the mom, when you aren't doing both well, and that's when I, I knew it was evident to me. It was also evident to Elisha and we're like, Hey, we don't have to live this way. <laughs> we don't have to do this. So I'm really grateful. Yeah. And, and yeah. What, is there anything else you had add? No, we could, no, that was good. That was good. Uh, so do you feel like you have a new perspective on carrying this baby after your loss? That's a good question. So I think a lot of people don't know that we've, this wasn't our first miscarriage. So this was our first like 
long, like real miscarriage. We had a chemical pregnancy. So it was more like a mental loss than a physical one. Cause I didn't go through all the physical stuff. Um, but it was kind of getting your hopes up for a baby and then having to let down. And I think that first chemical pregnancy gave me a huge perspective shift on life and just that excitement for pregnancy. Anytime you go through loss, I do think it reminds you of the brevity of life and reminds you what a gift it is and how you don't deserve anything, how like it's all just a free gift from God, how you don't earn it, how you don't um, have, you can't expect it because I think I had fallen into this lull of Elisha and I get pregnant easily and we keep the babies. And so it just, it reminded me that God's in control that he knows what's best for our family. He knows the proper, you know, spacing for our children, however much we try to plan it out. And it really makes me feel like this is the baby that he wanted us to carry full term. You know, there's a lot of peace in his sovereignty. And so it was a good reminder of his sovereignty. I don't know. Do you feel like it's changed your perspective? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just made us more and more grateful and and it's in line with us probably just maturing in general and, realizing the miracle of life and really embracing the blessing that children are. And so I think that even the baby that we miscarried, that you miscarried, uh, we were valuing that one even more too. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. each pregnancy and each child, I think we have valued um, more and more and cherished. And yeah, I think it, yeah, I think you just, it's crazy. The more and more you realize, wow, what an undeserving gift everything is yeah. like, yes. like you, we see that in our salvation when we see it with life itself, the fact that we have this physical life and then you see the, it in our children's life and any, like every good and perfect gift is just undeserving from the father. And, and I think as we grow in seeing that and believing that and embracing that, then you can't help, but just be grateful and for the baby in your belly, for each of the kiddos that are outside of your womb. Uh, and so, yeah, I think that the, the miscarriage played a role in that. And I also just think it's more and more of a perspective that we have in general r- regarding life and regarding who we are as God's children and the opportunity that we have to raise up and the opportunity that we have to be a family. Like it's such a, a miracle, it's such a blessing that we get to embody and be a part of this, the first institution that God created. You know, he created man and woman and he said it was a good, this was before the fall, like, and it sustained the, the sin, you know, of Adam and it sustained wars and, you know, it's, it's sustained natural disasters and apocalyptic type events. And it's like the family sustains and it's still here. And we get to be a part of living in the family, bearing God's image and being a part of reproducing God, image bearers what a miracle that is. Yeah. So, yeah. It's really, really a blessing and just a reminder to not take life for granted at any stage. And I do think something that we've gotten a lot of questions on, I don't think this showed up on the Q and a, but a lot of people asked why we talk about this baby as our fifth baby. Um, and it's not because we are not valuing the life of the other children that we got to carry for a brief period of time. 
it's more like I feel like it's clearer to people. So so some people are saying, you should be calling this, this is your sixth pregnancy. And it kind of made me smile because I was like, well, really, it's my seventh pregnancy, my seventh known pregnancy. Like we don't know about any other babies that maybe I held for a short period of time and then just went to be with the Lord. And so I think it's just clear for me to describe the complexity of our family by sharing the children that God has given us under our care. So this is the fifth baby that we are currently caring for. We have other children that we have carried, but now they're with God. He's he's got them, and so they're no longer our responsibility. So it's not to discredit that their life was here for a brief time, but it's more like when we say it's our baby number five, it's the fifth baby that we are currently caring for. And I think that that's just clearer than saying, um, everyone has their own thing with how they want to describe this, but saying this is our seventh baby and then having to, you know, kind of explain how we've lost to and kind of go into more of that whole story. And I, I feel like sometimes, um, we don't know, like, I didn't like how public we had to be with our miscarriage this last time because um, the pregnancy just kind of got out of the bag really early. And so then we had to tell everybody we miscarried. And if we, like we told people later with this baby and I feel like I would like to avoid having to tell people we miscarry if that happens again, Um, especially real time telling people we miscarry. And so there's a chance that that could happen again in our lives. And I'm not going to always tell people how many babies my body has carried, if that makes sense. I just think it would be nice to keep some things private. So that's currently why we're going to continue referring to this baby as baby number five. It's the baby number five that's in the Voteberg home at this, at this period of time. We have five children with us. Um, But yeah, I didn't want to, have anyone feel like we were devaluing babies that God has given us that never made it or aside. We still very much recognize them as his lives and now souls with him. Yeah. Amen. Well, let's just wrap it up with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's All a right. podcast. That's the podcast. We're going to go home and tell our kids yes. that they're expecting a new baby brother. We have to come up with a middle name. We have a first name. We have a lot of boy first names, but I think yes. we have a front runner. And yeah, we. I still, I'm just in shock about that. Yeah, our kids will know the gender before you folks because Elisha felt bad that they weren't all here <laughs> with us. <laughs> it was like maybe they could just sit there. I'm like for like 40 minutes. Yeah. So we're gonna go home, and I would rather tell them off camera, anyways. Yeah. And just have it be about them and their reactions. I feel like sometimes when you're trying to film the kids' reactions can be underwhelming. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then you feel just kind of like, come on, get excited for the camera. Like, we don't care. Like, I just want to tell Elisha and (laughs) the reactions can be whatever they want. Yes. I mean, tell them with you. I'm with you. Okay. Thank you, folks. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.